Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. A renewed appeal for information has been issued in relation to the murder of Sandra Collins. This is the 20th anniversary of her disappearance today. And to join me on the line is our brother Patrick. Good afternoon to you, Patrick. Good, mor- good afternoon, actually. And, right. and by the way, uh, on this day of the anniversary, my thoughts are with you because it must be a very difficult anniversary every single year, not just the 20th anniversary, but the 19th, the 18th and every other anniversary because there's no closure uh, for your family. And it must be very difficult. And I want you, if you can, for people who don't know the story, Patrick, take us back to that night of Monday, the 4th of December, 2000. And what happened uh, to Sandra or what you believe happened to Sandra? She was 28 years of age at the time, a young woman. Uh, where, where was she going or what happened to her? Um, so it's 20 years ago tonight. So yeah. yeah, I woke this morning and I thought, oh, bang. It's 20 years, Sandra, tonight. Um, it was 20 years last night since I saw her. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I suppose to put into context, Sandra was the oldest of my family. So there were six of us, Sandra, James, Bridie, myself, David and Mary. <coughs> and there was a little bit of an age gap between the first three and the second three. Yeah. Um, so I was 14 and Sandra was 28. She was going to be 29 on the 14th of December. So she'd be 49 on the 14th of this December. So she lived in Kilala with my aunt who had a rheumatoid arthritis and Sandra looked after her from the age of 16. She was her full-time carer. Mm-hmm. So on the, Monday, or on the Sunday night, she had come up here to see us like she always would. And um, it was my sister's Friday's birthday that night and she went to town and bought her a birthday card. She signed the card here at home in Cross Malina. She told my mum that she'd be in Balna during the week and um, that she'd um, get her a present and she was talking about getting um, her social welfare Christmas bonus because the one thing she wanted to buy out of it. The last thing we spoke about actually was um, she wanted to get a mobile phone but of course the bonus came, but Sandra never collected it, or the phone never came either. This is, of course, the days when mobile phones were in their infancy, I suppose. They were, yeah, and she was yeah. dying to get one. They yeah, were in their infancy, about it, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, the, when I see smartphones now, I think of her, and yeah. I think, God, Sandra, so yeah. much advanced, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can remember her flicking through the article guy going, oh, that's the one I'm getting now, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to get it, yeah. Just couldn't wait, no, she was like a child. She Christmas. wanted to treat herself, yeah. She wanted to treat herself, yeah, yeah. and she was just, itching now because they had a house phone they had a landline but she said it's not the same and she was like you know she and, was very, and what um, sort of person was she Patrick was she an outgoing type of person oh, or was she, she was, quieter yeah. she was very well she was shy in big groups like her friends told me from school like that um, she was one of the kindest people they ever met the girl that sat beside her at school said oh Sandra never had a crossword for anyone mm-hmm. and um they used to have a knitting class and she wasn't that keen on the knitting class now I don't think she was too um, impressed with that Yeah. Um, but she said that she was shy and she never heard her have a crossword out of anyone's mouth or have a crossword out of her mouth or um, she had a good group of friends like you know um, but she wouldn't have the most confidence, if that makes sense. She would. I know, no, I get, no, I get, I get what you mean. And she'd so, be a bit naive as well, to be honest. She so she walked out the door that night. So she walked out the door of our house that night, and we said goodbye to her, and um, she got into the car, and that's the last time we, the whole lot of us saw Sandra alive. So then, this day, twenty years ago, then on the Monday, um, at about six o'clock, um, she went to have a shower. Again, nothing out of the ordinary there, and. Um, 
she uh, put her, got dressed and put her makeup on and um, again nothing unusual because she was big into her makeup and her yeah. you know perfume that kind of thing yeah. I mean she was a young woman and she told my aunt that she was going to go to the shops to buy sausages for their tea right. and that she'd be back so she leaves her own house at A Quarter Street in the car or, or walking no she couldn't drive she, didn't, okay. she never drove a car in her oh, life she didn't hell, even sorry, have okay. a driving licence okay. so the town is very very small it's a two minute walk I mean I think the population is in its hundreds. I, I, yeah. I, I don't want to insult anyone that's listening from Killala today, but I would say four or five hundred at the most. Yeah, so she, she, this is record. the premises that she had on Georgia Street in Killala, yeah. Pardon? This is in Georgia, so she left Georgia Street No, she Killala. left her house in Courthouse Street oh, okay. in Killala. It's okay. a small, they're small, like, cottages, like uh, one-bedroomed okay. council cottages. So this was half past seven. So she leaves there and she goes right into the man who lives next door. And again, nothing out of the ordinary because she was always helping him. He was an elderly gentleman. Mm-hmm. And we know she went in there because the plumber was fixing his zinc. And she asked him, did he want any messages? And he said he did. And I think, I'm not quite sure whether it was bread, fire, or was we, we can't be sure because the till rolled. And yeah. In them days, it, was in, it wasn't itemised. No. But anyway, she went to the shop and again, a 30-second walk for anyone that would be fit anyway. And um, it would take her a minute at the most. And Mrs. So, Brand, so we know she did get as far as the shop. Oh, anyway. she did yeah, because absolutely. Mrs. Brown served her yeah. and she bought the uh, my items. And there was another lady in the shop and she said, hello, Sandra, good night. And yeah. she said, good night and bought the items. And then she returned to the old man who lived next door with right. his goods and said that she'd see him tomorrow, whatever the case yeah. may be. She was in a rush and she didn't go in home. She didn't go back into her own house. She didn't go back that's, with the sausages. That's just mysterious, isn't it? So, well, yeah, like, I mean, they're adjoining. I mean, it's literally, you could throw a stone further. So literally going out one door and going in the other, so to speak, yeah, and, in that, should, and in that short space of time, she vanished. Well, then th- that was hap- maybe quarter to eight, and there was nothing then until yeah. half past eleven, when she reappeared again then in the takeaway on the Georgia Street, and she walked up to the girl and sent her a pink fleecy jacket on her, and she would have known Sandra well, and she said, oh, she walked up to the counter, and it was a daylight today, it was cold, it was wet, it was, the wind was even worse again. And um, she said, oh, Sandra was, was dry, there wasn't, her hair was dry, her jacket was dry, she wasn't like somebody that had just walked in off the street so she, so for three she, hours. In other words, she, she thinks she might have got out of a car, maybe. She might have got out of a car or a yeah. van, or she'd been somewhere, she hadn't been standing in the street anywhere for two and a half, if not three hours. So she walked up to the counter, and she says, that she wanted to buy enough food. She bought enough food for two people. And um, she said, I served her the food. And um, she said, usually Sandra would sit down if she came to the takeaway to eat the food. But she didn't this night. And she said she was just her general... She didn't seem worried or upset or afraid or anything like that. She didn't seem agitated or anything like that. So she gave Sandra the food and she said goodnight to her. Mm -hmm. And she walked out the door and walked into the darkness at half past 11 at night. And that's the last time anyone ever saw Sandra. So she she never went back, obviously, to her own home after she had left the neighbour's house, which, no, was, which, would, which is unusual enough. No, so, well, it would be unusual. You'd so, so I'm assuming then the suspicion is that when she left the neighbour's house, she met somebody. Yeah, she had arranged, I think, to meet or to, somebody. To meet somebody. Yeah. Okay, yeah, she okay. met somebody. Yeah, yeah. rather the, than rather than go back to the house with the sausages as, as she had planned to do. Yeah, there was she had plans made to meet somebody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm convinced of that now. Like, why okay. would she go home? Well, it, it, do, it does seem unusual that she would come out. She obviously went back to give the neighbour his goods. She went back to give yeah. him his messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she didn't go home. Like my aunt would have been waiting for her. Okay, and since then. 
nothing essentially when I say nothing has happened um, you know obviously the Gardaí the Gardaí have investigated it I yeah. know that I know there was a case but of course that that was dropped after a period of time mm. um, but in saying that there is no other evidence has come forward since you as a family are just looking for closure at this stage you're desperate for closure Patrick desperate oh we are yeah God yeah and then after um, we we found out of course then that sound was missing on the 5th my aunt rang here and we went down and it wasn't unlike her. To, it wasn't like her. Sorry, excuse me. To, to do that, you know, to walk yeah. out and leave, and she'd never done it before. Yeah. So, um, we were like, oh. But then at the same time, she was a grown woman. We didn't start to panic. We didn't think, oh my God, you've been murdered. In all fairness, you don't think these things. No, it's the last thing you think, of course. It yeah. is the last thing you think of. And if anyone's ever been to Kalala, it's a small, rural, picturesque village. You don't think of murder there. In all fairness. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I suppose appearances can be deceiving, can't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when you think about a big city, you'd imagine, yeah, well, your chances of being killed would be higher there. But um, regardless, um, we rang the guards and then they started looking for her. And we'd, we went out looking ourselves and we asked her friends and nobody had saw her and nobody had seen her. And, you know, um, she had been seen during the day in the phone box, right, leading up to her disappearance. And one woman said she looked a bit agitated. She'd made right. numerous phone did calls. She, did she have, a, and I hate to ask you this, but did she have any debt or did she have any, was there a relationship she was in that maybe went bad beforehand? Or, I mean, was there anything in relation to that that the Gardaí could kind of work on that maybe, that's why maybe she was agitated or somebody had, something had come back from her past? Was there anything like that? that, well, that no, but she had found out the morning that she went missing that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, Okay. She'd rang her doctor. She had been in on the Monday, or the Friday, excuse me. Right. The 1st of December. And um, she'd had a test done and it come back positive. Okay. And um, then on Monday morning, she asked him to do a second test just to make sure that everything, you know, that it was positive. And he said he would and that to ring him on Monday morning. Okay. So she did ring him on Monday morning and he said, yes, Sandra, you are pregnant. Right, okay. So um, she had got that news on that morning. Okay. So, but, but here we here we are. So the the police the police went looking, obviously. And how, did, lo- yeah. how, how long did they spend searching the, the area? Oh, they were combing the area straight away, and then four days after Sandra went missing, miraculously, well, it wasn't miraculously; it was planted. Obviously, the coat she was wearing the night she went missing was found dumped in a hole in the pier, and the sausages that she went out for were in the pocket in one of the pockets. Now we had walked that pier; it had been combed Nile to within an inch of its life, and there was no coat. And suddenly, so, suddenly it appeared. So suddenly, on the, the so you believe that you believe whoever was responsible put oh, yeah, that there to, to, to lead them like, off the track. So yeah, to speak. they tried to make it look like Sandra committed suicide, oh, like okay. she was suicidal. Yeah, and you know, um, is that a, is that a possible? No, I'm, I'm only asking you by the way, Patrick. But is that is that was that a possibility? Do you think at the time is it? Yeah, I mean, did, did you believe at the time, no. or did you think at the no, time? Well, maybe that's a possibility. Maybe no. she took her life. No, no. no. Okay, we were asked that, and my mother said no. Okay, so you're, so you're absolutely sure you believe this foul play, of course. I would be, if I was as sure now of that as I am of the lottery, your millions numbers, I'd be a okay. millionaire. No, no, I, I, tr- I, I trust you on I, that, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Because we were asked it, of course, at the time. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, my mother was asked it. And the answer we gave back, no. Not yeah. the Sandra we knew and the Sandra we loved. Um, my brother had got killed in an accident at work six months before that. Um, he fell into a machine and he had his leg cut off. Oh, and, gosh. Um, he was trapped for three hours and then um, he uh, had to have the rest of it taken off but a chainsaw got help him. 
and uh, he died in the ambulance going to hospital. Oh my, your poor mum, she must have had yeah, a, an awful a, time around she that. She did, God love her. He died yeah. on the 6th of June 2000 and then, of course, people were saying, oh sure, Sandra had to, couldn't cope with the fact that James was had passed away. But no. Is your, by the way, Patrick, is your mum still with us? Is she? No, Mammy died in 2004. She was 53. Okay, her heart must have been broken, of course, losing two of her children as well in such a short space of time too. Them. Well, you know? uh, yeah, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but anybody uh-huh. who's a parent is listening to me. Oh, sure. I, remember, I remember my own brother died and I remember my mother, she wasn't the same again. It's very difficult for a parent to bury a child or to lose a child, you know, and particularly when you're talking about these kind of circumstances where she had no closure and uh, until the day she died, obviously she had no idea where something no, went. No, she didn't, no. You know? She just, you know, she'd talk about James and... Did she? Um, did your, did your mum always think she was going to come home again? Did she expect it? Like, was there always that in her head that maybe, maybe she's okay? Maybe well, she's in the beginning, yeah, yeah. She had... Um, she had... Uh, how can I put it now? We often, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd see the kitchen light on and I'd get to go down and she'd have a cup of tea on the range and um, she'd be reading the, the Western People at our local paper and I'd go in and I'd be like, oh, mammy, what time is it? It's two o'clock in the morning in yard. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And uh, then she'd say, oh, make yourself a cup of tea now. And then she'd look out the window, she'd stand at the window at the kitchen sink and she'd go, hmm, I wonder where Sandy is tonight. And I'd yeah. say, oh, I don't know, Mammy, I wish I knew. And she kind of had a romanticised idea that maybe in the beginning that Sandra had run off with somebody or yeah. they had met up or, you know, um, I know, <coughs> excuse me, um, Trevor Dealey is four, four months or four days after Sandra went missing. Yeah, he went missing. He'll be twenty years gone as well, and uh, we're thinking of his family as well today. Well, well, I know Eleanor and, and Joe are up there as well, thinking of you today, Patrick. And and I know that you've said in the past that you wake up on a regular basis, you know, with tears running down your face, you know, hoping that one day, I suppose, you'll get to ha- even have a small little funeral for her. Yeah, and just to have her remains, if they, if if the person who who did this or is responsible, or if anybody knows any information as to who might be responsible, because. In fairness, somebody knows, don't they? Oh, yeah. That's, and then, you know, and, and somebody listening today might know because people say things. Well, so, that's it. People talk and yeah. people say things and people, you know, it's not about justice. And I think, um, I don't know how much more clearer we can be on that. It's just about bringing Sandra home. And, you know, COVID 2020 has been such a year for everybody. Yeah. And it's changed everybody's lives so erratically and dramatically. And funerals have changed and people no longer have had the chance to grieve their loved ones properly. And I think for for those people, you know, people that look at you and say, oh, God, how does it feel or whatever? I think that's the best, you know, as close as anybody will come. But at, least, but, I, and, but at least those people do know where their loved well, one is and, and they'll get to have a small funeral. Well, a small funeral. Yeah, but I mean, you, she, but you don't even know where Sandra is. She she could be anywhere. We, we've no idea where her remains are. If, yeah. indeed, if indeed she is dead, and, and, and you assume that she is. Oh, she is. Like, oh, I know yeah. my sister is dead. I mean, yeah. she had no passport. She had no driving yeah. licence. She couldn't drive. She couldn't... She had no money. She had no savings. Yeah, yeah. She had okay. nothing. I think, she well, had, well, at least you've resigned yourself to that. But it's, it's a matter then, obviously, of you want her remains. You want to give her a proper burial. Yeah. And and, and you want to be at peace, I suppose. That's what it's about, isn't it? Just well, be at yeah, peace. I want to be at peace, and I want to know who she is. I want to find her. I want to end this for... Yeah. I watched my mother die in this bedroom. I watched her, you know, she was sick. She was 53 years of age. And like I said, she had that romanticised idea that perhaps they had met up and they'd run away together and they'd be back. Um, yeah. Herself and that lad, as she called him, God bless him. Yeah. And I said, well, hopefully, Mammy, you know, 
And then as the time went on, she realised, mm, no, like, there was no birthday cards coming, there was nothing, and I thought, there's no way Sandra do this to us. No, no, no. Yeah. Not after James dying. And not to my mother. No way. Because, and to my father as well, but especially my poor ma'am, because she idolised the ground mammy walked on. So, then when she got sick, like, um, yeah. we were here in the room, and she knew she was going to pass away, and... There was only the four of us then, myself, David, Mary and Bridie, and we only had a couple of minutes because, you know, uh, the, you know, when the medicine starts to kick in, that's, that, you know, that's, uh, I'm sure as people up in down the country listening to me know for yeah. a while, unfortunately, we've all been there. So she sat up in the bed and she talked about what she wanted for us and to look after each other and to mind each other. And then she spoke about James and Sandra and hopefully I'll go and see, I'll be there now again to see them again and I'll, they'll be waiting for me and... Then she said, I'm not going to get to see the day when Sandra comes home. And, like, there's just silence. I mean, how do you answer that, Niall? What no, do you I say know, to the I woman? Know, I know, I know. And I know, Sue, Sue, the Chief Superintendent Healy has yeah. said that it's possible that there is information out there and that information could help them with the yeah. investigation and give you peace before, as, you know, Christmas comes along. Of well, course, this is a very important time. Well, we've released a video today at the and I want to thank yeah. them most sincerely for their help in this anniversary, but down throughout the years, they've never given up on looking for Sandra. But, like... That video says it all. We've lost our mum, our dad, and our brother. And all we want to do is bury Sandra. It's not about putting anybody to jail or retribution or a vendetta or anything So, like so uh, And I want to make this clear. If there's anybody out there that knows anything, and, and you don't want to, obviously, incriminate yourself. I don't, no. Yeah, yeah. So you're quite willing to meet up with anybody. I am. My, I'm willing to meet with anybody, any day or night. Anyone yeah. that wants to talk to me. I'm willing to meet them. And you'll meet them confidentially I as will, well. I and, will, I and I know the Garda Shikhan obviously would give you advice in relation to that because I don't, I don't want you putting yourself in a dangerous situation either, no, Patrick. No, I know that, yeah. But, but any kind of anonymous information... Look, they can meet me day or night or any... You know, as a family would meet... Um, you know, you can write it in a letter to us, post it here. Or and I, well. I got the impression, by the way, from the, the press release that you don't care if even it's the person who done it. You just want, you oh, just want her remains back. I don't back. care. Like I said today in the Irish Sun, Stephen Breen, who's been absolutely fantastic. Stephen's, uh, the media has been absolutely amazing. You know, just too many to mention, I have to say, but mm-hmm. I told Stephen yesterday, Stephen's been an absolute... Um, I've spoken troop. to Stephen many times, a lovely man. Lovely He's man. absolutely been yeah. a trooper for us and for Sandra. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mind welcoming the person into this house here if they just give her back to us and then they could walk their way and we can walk our way. This is the person you believe that might have done this? Or anyone that knows anything, just come yeah. here and tell us and just let us all be over for us. I know people are afraid and there's a lot of fear out there about I've kept quiet now for 20 years and how can I come forward now and I'll be in big, big, big trouble with the guards. And, but I can tell them, I can assure them nothing could be further from the truth. They won't. Please don't let that Okay, so, so and that's what I meant to make a clear. You don't want retribution. You no. don't want revenge. No. You, you don't even want to... See, you, you don't want to see the inside of a courtroom again. I you, don't. I don't. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. It would be nice to see that happening. But if the person responsible or the people responsible or if anybody knows who the person responsible is, any information that you get will be completely confidential and it's not to get a conviction. It's just to get her remains. You just want her body. I just want my sister back. Yeah. Bottom line, I just yeah. want to yeah. say goodbye. And to you're to be applauded for that. You're to be applauded for that. Do you know, I'm, I just want to say goodbye to Sandra and put her bones in a box and put her box. And when before my dad died, he um, he knew he was dying. Obviously, like yeah. he had cancer um, in his lungs, and um, it's about five years ago now, 2015. And um, he said to me one day, or he said to my sister, he wouldn't say it to me because I'd be too upset. He said, um, 
you know, when I die, Mary, I want you to do something for me. And she said, I will, what is it? I want you to put my coffin in on top of your mother's. And she said, well, I, I will, if you that, that's what you want. And he said, it is. And she said, why, Daddy? Like, why do you want to go in on top of Mammy? Because he said, there'll be one space then left for Sandra. Oh. You know, if she can go in on top of James then. Yeah. So then a couple of weeks later, he, I was sitting here or whatever, and he said to me, I, need, I, I want you to promise me something. And I said, well, I will. What's wrong? What can I promise you? What can, if I can, it, I will. I'll do it, of course. And he said to me, you know, don't ever stop looking for Sandra. Please, I'm begging you. And I said, Daddy, sure, you know full well I'd never, you know full well yeah. I'd never, ever, ever stop looking for Sandra. I know. And, and I know it's upsetting you, Patrick, thinking about that. And I know you won't stop. You sound to me like a man, on, you're, you're a, a man on a mission. I am, yeah. <laughs> at this I'm stage. not very tall, but my God, <laughs> I'm a man on a mission, is right. Yeah, well, look, and I can understand completely because, as, as I mentioned to you, my, my brother died, but he was missing for three days. He, I got him. You yeah, can he, understand, he, so you Yeah, he was understand. 24, my, and, and he drowned in a river. But but I remember that, that feeling for the two days mm. where he was gone. And I, and I could, so I can only imagine what it's like for 20 years to go through that because there's no closure. If somebody dies, they die and yeah. people can get through that. They remember the good times and time is a good healer. But when somebody is missing and gone, even though you probably know what the outcome is and you're 100% sure what the outcome is, yeah. um, it's still, there's no closure when you don't have them. No, it's it's it's, a, it's an empty gap. And yeah, yeah. You know, I know, I mean, and we talked about Philip Kearns before and many other women who have disappeared throughout the years, the last 20 years, a lot of the famous ones that we, they're all aware of. But, you know, for those people, it's devastating because their life then revolves around, their whole life, it's like a life sentence, it revolves is, yeah. around looking for their loved one. It is, yeah. It's like, um, like I said, all the them women today, George O'Dollard um, yeah. or Kathleen and all the rest of them and yeah. Philip Kearns and, you know, Barry Cochran, Blown Cork and all these people, God help them, that are missing and it is a life sentence for us yeah. and for those that know and I'd, I'd be appealing to anyone that knew anything about anybody else not just us I'm, you know yeah. I, I'd encourage them to come forward as well because like I suppose now life is so precious isn't it like it, it is typically that here today gone tomorrow thing yeah. so I would encourage anybody that knew or knows or anything as regards Sandra or anyone please to come forward or to write it in a note that it can be found after you die or yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because life Something, is, yeah. Life has changed so much. Okay, well, well then the appeal is either to contact you directly, Patrick, and people can get your information very easily, I'm sure, if they just Google you, right? But, but um, uh, Or to contact the Garda Sheikhana if you yeah. want to contact the Garda Sheikhana. Yeah. Uh, and they have a confidential line, by the way. That, that means that there will be no repercussions to you. There's a confidential line. It's a 1-800-666-111. That's 1-800-666-111. Or indeed, you can contact Ballinac Garda Station. And uh, there's also a confidential mobile number that's not even manned by um, anyone. It's independent of the guards and us, and it's 087-754-6753. And that, there's a person at the other end of the, co- the phone that's not even in Mayo that knows nothing about us or Sandra or anything like that, and they'll take your information it's been set up specifically to find missing people. So, um, okay. she'd, you know, you can block your number and leave. Just give, us, give me that number again there, sorry. sorry. It's 87 6753 Okay. All right, okay. So if anybody so, has any information, and by the way, not just about Sandra, but anybody Anyone, about, but not just you, about Sandra. But I, I, and, and obviously, you, you don't want to incriminate yourself. That's a confidential number. So you, you That is a confidential number, so, yeah. Okay, I, so the appeal is that the person who did this 
you'd be quite happy to meet them with no repercussions if you know where if they give you information as to where she is yeah. if indeed she's in a shallow grave or whatever it is she happens to be somewhere you want to know I do I just want yeah. my sister okay. back and I just okay. I don't I don't care about anything else now but just okay. finding her around that's the end okay. of it then for us and for them well, listen, Patrick, I wish you a peaceful Christmas. Yeah, I know it'll be a difficult much. one for you, like every year, but this year, particularly with 20 years of an anniversary. And, mm. I, and I do hope that you get some sort of resolve and some sort of peace back in your life. I you? know. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. I mentioned it, Sandra, today. Thanks so much. Now. All right. There you go. Uh, that's Patrick Collins talking about a sister who's now missing 20 years. If anybody's any information at all, you can contact the number he gave out. You can contact Patrick or anywhere yourself, too. If you Google him there, Patrick Collins, or the Sandra Collins story, you'll find information on them. So if you, if you are responsible, you happen to be the person responsible or you know the person responsible because people talk and you don't want any repercussions. He's quite willing. He, you heard what he said. If the person who did this came into his kitchen tomorrow, he doesn't want them arrested. He doesn't want them charged. He just wants to know where his sister is. That's all he wants to know. Now, of course, if you want to go further about it too, you can go to the Garda station if you think you have information uh, that could lead to the arrest of somebody, of course, as well. Uh, the Garda confidential telephone number, by the way, is one eight hundred six 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 one one one. That's confidential, by the way. Or indeed, you can contact the guard station in Ballina itself, and that's 0962056060. And uh, that confidential, people are asking what's that mobile number again in relation to any missing person, by the way. There is a, a confidential mobile phone number, which means that you have, there is no repercussions to you calling. You could even block your number if you wanted to when you were ringing it, just to be sure. Okay? And the number is 087 right.